We do not have far to look for Larry Weber. He's right there on the phone with us this morning. Hey, Larry, good morning. Yeah, good morning, good morning. Uh, This is uh, July 30. Uh, We will be starting the day after tomorrow. We'll be starting the awesome month of August, and uh, I'll say more about that in a moment. Uh, But I want to comment on the ending of July. You know, maybe you've had the experience of, of going to a sports event and it looks like everything is pretty much winding down, and then at the end there's this big change. Well, if we were speaking, if the month would have ended last week when we spoke, uh, July would have gone down on record, according to the Duluth Weather Service, as being the driest July ever ever recorded. However, Mother Nature must have been listening because she responded to make things a little bit different. And as it stands... Instead of having less than a half inch of precipitation for the whole month of July, as it would have been last week, the month ended, according to the Weather Service, with about two and three-fourths inches of precipitation. Now, we're not over yet, and there is still a chance of a little bit more, though I don't expect much. Uh, at my house, it was more than that. At my house, we had a 3.8, which is not that much different from the normal amount for uh, for July. So, yes, we can take that statistic and change it a bit. The other things we would say about July is hot. Okay, was it really hot? Oh, yes, not as record-setting hot as it was in the southern part of the state and in much of the country. But we did get about 20 days of 80 degrees or more and twice of 90 degrees or more, which I think is above normal, but not that terribly above normal. It is the other comment that we will hang on to this month, however, that I think we'll all remember, and that is the haze, the smokiness. And yesterday was a really good example of that. It never left us all day. Usually when we get a breeze out of the north, In summer, it is a pleasant breeze that cools us down a bit, but yesterday's breeze out of the north, which, yes, did cool us down a bit, also brought along some of the smoke from the uh, Canadian wildfires. So, yes, the dryness continues in much of North America, and as a result of that, we get fires, and as a result of that, we get some haze. Now, we'll see what uh, awesome August has to uh, has to offer. Typically, August is warm, but not quite as warm as it is in July. Uh, July also, besides being hot, is the month of thunderstorms, and we had some great examples this week. We had not only some uh, amazing lightning in some of the storms, we also had some good amount of hail. I didn't see any of the hail at all. I only saw the pictures of it, but it is very impressive. Uh, an ice flying uh, coming out of the sky that's as big as a golf ball or bigger. It, it, boy, that's that's an impressive thing to see. And yes, of course, depending on what it hits, it can make quite a bit of change. Uh, we are at the uh, waxing give us sorry waning give us phase of the moon heading towards a quarter moon that be coming up, and we are changing the amount of daylight daily quickly now. We had a month ago during the solstice, we had almost 16 hours of daylight. Now we're down to 15 hours of daylight, and in just three weeks, we will be down to 14 hours of daylight. It rapidly drops as we as we go into August. And, of course, that means migration. Migration happens, yes, in August. We can see it in a number of places. Among the birds 
uh, that's what we think about the most. There is a movement of birds in our yard, and I see them every day along the road. There's a movement of birds. It's usually the families that have gathered and are moving on. Uh, it's a little hard to believe this, but in only about two weeks, Hawk Ridge will begin their counting of the migrant raptors. In addition to that, I had a great sighting this week. I had a sighting of um, a family of raccoons. They are just gorgeous. Uh, mother was out there with three babies. They were all feeding together along the side of a pond. I don't think they even noticed me. But that's uh, one of the things that we will see as we go through the rest of the summer. You know, if you took the days from the uh, the summer solstice and onto the autumnal equinox in September, that's about 90 days. If you go halfway through that, it is the first week of August. So you can say what we're coming into now in this first week of August is midsummer. And other things of note, I just got back from walking by a lake, and yes, the uh, summer frogs, the green frogs, were still calling. There's tiny toads and frogs along every trail that I walk. And the gray tree frogs. The gray tree frogs are interesting. They go through a, a courtship song and so forth where they go to the water to lay their eggs early in the summer, pretty much starting into May and stretching into June. But then they come back in later in the summer for another calling. And this calling is done from trees and often from the sides of our buildings and so forth. And that's kind of a, a territorial calling where I've been starting to hear that in the last few days. And I'm not sure why this is going on, but I've been seeing garter snakes quite often as recently as yesterday. Uh, butterflies of note, yeah, we're getting a movement of monarchs. Are these the summer monarchs, or are these are the ones that are beginning the, the migration? Well, in August, it could be either of the two. There are, as we get later into the month, there's a lot of migrant monarchs. There's also fritillaries that are out in the fields. I see those every day. And then there's these really dark black-looking butterflies called common wood nymphs that first you think you're looking at a moth of sorts, but no, it's not. There, when we get later in the summer, I always find two kinds of dragonflies kind of dominate the scene, one being the large green darner dragonfly and the other one being the little small, often bright red uh, metal hawks. Those two are showing up now, and they will continue to show up as we get later into the summer. There's bees and wasps and hornets that are active. I saw a great hornet nest I discovered this week. And uh, it was a little bit, uh, just a few feet above the ground, and I thought, oh, that could be dangerous. Well, sure enough, two days ago, I found that it got knocked down, I assume, by a bear. And there, of course, were hornets that are hanging around that were a little upset with that. But when it comes to insects right now, the one that's most dominating and most common, I find, uh, has been the grasshoppers and locusts. Now, this is probably a, uh, a result of the dryness. They can handle the heat and the dry very well. And along roadsides, uh, once the dew uh, dissipates, uh, there's a great deal of action from both the grasshoppers and the locusts. Uh, grasshoppers, when they hop, tend to do just the hopping. Locusts will often take off in a flight, and uh, a locust is larger than a grasshopper. And unfortunately, uh, cicadas have also been called locusts. But no, this is a, a type of grasshopper. And anytime you have insects, you have spiders. During my walk this morning, oh, once again, I went by a swamp. There was enough moisture, enough dew to make the webs show up. And I must have seen hundreds of webs out there. They are. That's why web watching, this is the greatest time of year. We're starting right now for web watching. And so I suggest to get out and take a look in the mornings before the dew 
has, has all gone and look towards the rising sun and you will see backlit. And for photogenic people like you, there is a plethora of photos out there with the spider webs. They are just outstanding. August is probably the greatest month for that. It continues into early September before the frost starts to hit. And so, yeah, that's all part of Awesome August. Also part of Awesome August showed up again this week, and that was thanks to the recent rains, we're getting a pretty good mushroom crop, a lot better than I thought it would be earlier in the summer. We had a, a diversity. I went for a walk this week, and I found about 10 kinds, which I thought was quite good for July. Uh, the the variety of uh, mushrooms continues to grow later in, in the season. But nevertheless, thanks to the recent rains, they're out there. We're also starting, uh, continuing to get berries. I have been picking raspberries and blackberries uh, quite a lot lately. Uh, but I thought the raspberries were doing fine, but I thought the uh, blackberries were, no, they're going to succumb to the dryness. And I even came across a couple of patches that looked that way. Well, apparently the recent rains maybe have saved saved them because when I went back to those places this week, I found that there was a pretty good growth. There's also choke cherries that are ripe right now. The hawthorns are getting ripe. And yes, I went by a tree this morning of crab apples that I thought were growing to be nice and large. Uh, wildflowers continue. We have a Joe Pye weed. We have, um, we have uh, bergamot, pearly everlasting, dogbane, Sweet clovers along the sides of the road. We have milkweed still continue to bloom. Fireweeds are finishing up their bloom, but they're still out there. Evening primrose, thistle, on bloom. But the dominating flowers as we get into August are going to be the trio of late summer, and that is goldenrods, esters, and sunflowers. And I think they are so spectacular. They're all worth getting out and taking a closer look. And with, uh, like I say, with the people who are interested in photography, there is going to be plenty to photograph. But I gold each of those, there's about a dozen kinds. Now, to many people, all they all look alike. But if you take a closer look, you'll see a difference. And there's about a dozen kinds. And so far with the goldenrods, I've seen nine kinds in bloom. Asters, three kinds. And sunflowers, five kinds. And uh, there will be many more as we get deeper into this awesome month of August. So, yes, when it comes to insects, spiders, mushrooms, berries, and even some migration. This coming month is just outstanding, and I suggest to get out and take a look. And, well, uh, bring your camera with you. As a matter of fact, somebody, I don't know, some guy I talked to on the radio, just asked me, I think it was last week, if I'd be interested in a photographic expedition to photograph uh, spider webs. And I said, yes, yes, yes. So I have an invitation. I just don't know when it is yet. <clears throat> well, you know what? I can't be uh, real specific about that now. Okay. I have to, many times I don't know until the early morning if it's going to be a good day for spider webs or not. So, well, I then to, I'll just I have tell to... You, I, I can tell you about when is a good time, and you could go out on your own. I'll have but, to stand by on Saturday and Sunday, because I'm guessing that if I call the station and say, I can't finish my show because I have to go photograph spider webs, that right. they would, I don't know, I think they put no, the kibosh on it. it. They would understand <laughs> it. They realize... There are very few things that are more important than KUMD, but photographing spider webs is one of them. Okay, I'll see and if I can run it. that up the flagpole then. They, well, here, but here's what I can tell you you can do right now. 
you can search for a field somewhere that has not been mowed, where the plants are growing pretty tall, and a spot where you can either walk along the west edge of the field or go right into the field walking towards the rising sun, and you will see them. Yeah. Okay. They build it, you will come. <laughs> it sounds fantastic. Larry, thanks a million. We'll talk again hey, next care. week. Larry Weber this morning, our host for Backyard Almanac, a regular feature of Fridays right here on KUMD.